You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good afternoon, Bills Mafia. It is your host, AJ Sabalski. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Um, I appreciate all of the listens, the views. I'm thankful for everyone that tunes into the show, so I, I, I greatly appreciate it. Today, I am joined by no one other than Carl Jones. Carl, how are you doing today? Man, I'm all good, man. Once again, happy Thanksgiving to all the listeners out there. And I appreciate you having me on, man. I really uh, observe your work, obviously, from afar. I don't really get to link up in person too often. But regardless, everything that I see on the uh, social media space, man, it's always dope stuff, man. So keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate it. Um, you as well. You you know the game. Obviously, you played. So um, I- I've never played football. So <laughs> going to you for your work. I'm your sports reporter for News 8. So go and check him out. Follow him there um, on Twitter. He's at Jones11 underscore. Um, go follow his work. Real, really good stuff. Before we get into the Bills stuff, because it's Thanksgiving, I just want to kind of break down, like, what's your, you know, what's your go-to? Like, what's your go-to Thanksgiving meal? Ah, uh, the go-to. So, obviously, I got to have my mac and cheese, you know, like, that is a, a staple. Like, I, I can't, no matter where I'm at in life, regardless <laughs> if I was in college, uh, where I was eating at a coach's house. Uh, whether it's a girlfriend, obviously my family, it got to be the mac and cheese is an essential, right? And then after that, you know, whatever type of meat, you know, that y'all supplying, as long as y'all cook it well and it's not dry, I'm cool. So whether that's the ham, chicken, turkey, regardless. But a, a nice quality meat, and then as long as my, my mac and cheese is cooked right, I don't care what else you put on my plate. I'm good. So, so you're so you're a mac and cheese guy because I'm actually like my hot take. I don't. So my family we've never done mac and cheese. I don't think I don't look at mac and cheese as Thanksgiving food. I know that's like a hot debate, but um. So your your mac and cheese is your like favorite part of things. Man, listen. If honestly you just put like a glop of mac and cheese on my plate, <laughs> give me some water to offset it so I don't feel like a slob. But like outside of that, I'll be good. Honestly, I would for real. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. My, my go-to is uh, I love stuffing with just some nice hot um, gravy on it. That's like my, cause we make it homemade. So it's like, you know, you know, you only get it once a year. So this is the only time you get to eat it. That's my go-to. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on Thanksgiving and what you, uh, you know, what you like to eat. So let's move to this Bill's Jets game. I want to recap that um, just for a little bit. I, I want to start obviously with, you know, they, they put up 30 plus uh, something they haven't done in a long, long time. Joe Brady's debut as offensive coordinator. Just, you know, we, we can start kind of simple and then we'll expand on it. Just give me your thoughts on the overall performance of the offense and, you know, kind of what you saw from, uh, you know, a schematical standpoint, execution standpoint. Just, just your thoughts on, you know, the, the Bills Jets and the Bills offense. Yeah, man. It was good to see them finally get out of their own way for once. I think that was been their issue a little over the past month, whether it was ill-advised turnovers at the wrong time, red zone turnovers, turnovers on the first play of the game, um, drops on key situations in third down, maybe Josh Allen not feeling so comfortable in pockets in certain situations for whatever the reason it may be. Um, I think that was a good sight to see, especially against a Jets defense that is one of the best in the league. You know, it's a top 
five, three, depending three or five, depending on whatever metric you look at. So before you get into any schematics, X's and O's, any cool, you know, um, thing that you want to look at in that regard, the fact that they say, hey, we're not going to beat ourselves for once. That's a good sign. And I know that's simple to say, but it was a reoccurring theme over the past five or six games. Yeah, they're, they're a team that has done that, Carl. They, they, they uh, every time it feels like, you know, they're they're going somewhere in terms of the, their offensive finding a rhythm, they stall out, you know, on, on, the, on the plus side of the 50, like right there. Like they're almost there, but then they stall out and at the punt or, you know, they're they're turning the ball over, obviously, at a very high rate this year. Um, there was actually a cool chart. I forgot exactly what it was, but Josh Allen's turnovers actually haven't been as costly as some think in terms of like, um, added points or lost points in terms of turnovers. So Josh is turning the ball over. Um, you know, he hasn't really turned it much over in the red zone. I think last year that was more of an issue. Like he had a few red zone picks. It was like, wow, like what, you know, what are you doing? But yeah, I agree with you. They executed. Um, I think going to Joe Brady now, um, his ability to, and you can maybe expand on this, but his ability to just understand the moment, I think, and kind of adjust as the game goes on. You know, I think I'll say this. Ken Dorsey was a good play caller. Like he, he was good at calling plays. He understood what he was doing. He led an elite offense. And I get it. You have Josh Allen. So, like, how couldn't you? But he was very good at, you know, calling plays. And, you know, he, he had an answer to everything. Like, it felt like he always had answers to everything, but it almost overcomplicated it at times. That's how it felt. Uh, and then Brady comes in. You saw his in-game adjustments. You saw them. You know, they, they run mesh a lot. Um, that's a concept that Dorsey loved using um, quite a bit. And, you know, Brady was able to – diagnose that but kind of adjust it and tweak it just a little bit so they can execute it at a better rate so just give me your thoughts on brady his execution what you thought of his play calling you know under center you know more runs a lot of pre-snap motion to understand if they're a man or zone so josh can get to his reads usage of the running backs was great um so just give me your thoughts on brady joe brady yeah a great first impression right i know the first impression goes a long long way in life regardless of where we at uh, especially in football especially against a defense like the Jets. But two things stuck out to me in terms of this game in particular. One, you're up against a Jets front that is stout. I mean, they got waves on waves upon guys up front that can impact the game. And when I play football, one of the best ways is you neutralize a, a good defensive line is go at them. You don't let them pin their ears back. So I thought he did a fairly good job of um, a diverse enough run game, pulling tacklers, um, motion making sure those guys like Quentin Williams Bryce Huff all those other guys just can't pin their ears back and just say pass 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 every play like no I got to read diagnose make sure I'm not getting cut on this play that type of stuff so I thought there was enough plays where you I feel like every other play Dion was five yards downfield pulling like that's how I felt like that, <laughs> that's how times I saw Dion pulling so yeah. I thought that was cool um just always having those big guys guessing just always and I remember when we played Clemson one year that was one way we neutralized them was like all right we ain't going to be able to beat these dudes up front. Like, they're just bigger, better, and faster. So one way we can have them uh, neutralize them a little bit is have them guessing and reacting a little bit. So that was one way I thought Jerry Brady did that. And then also, as soon as he got elevated to OC, the I thought the uses of running backs was going to be uh, much right. higher under him. And I think the reason for that, um, a little bit of a nerd, so I'm not going to get too in-depth in depth with it, but Joe Brady's tree stems back to Sean Payton, like when he was a general – I believe a G. I don't know if it's called a GA in the NFL because I know in college it's called a GA, but he was a, a understudy under Sean Payton. Yes, yeah, yeah. Eight years ago or so. And then uh, anyone who watched that LSU team, and you talk about Jamar Chase and, and Justin Jefferson for sure, but Clyde Edwards Hilaire 
went first round because all the damn passes he caught out of the backfield. <laughs> so I, I think that, uh, yeah, so he, so Clyde Edwards definitely owed that first round paycheck a little bit to Joe Brady. But I, I thought on Sunday you saw the usage of the running backs a little bit more often in the passing game. Not necessarily checkdowns either. You saw like the fourth down player where that was a read exactly to Ty Johnson. So I thought those two things, more usage of the running backs like you alluded to, and then how he attacked the Jets front, that's pretty stout. No, I don't know your thoughts on Dorsey. Were you like, what was your like going into it? Like when 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 you woke up and saw the firing, like Kanye Dorsey fired. Like, what was your initial reaction? Like, this is good. Maybe like you know, I was kind of like the, you know, I'm okay with it. Like they probably had to move on. They returned the ball over. They weren't executing. Um, and eventually that trickles down to the coach. Like no matter what, like if, if you continue to not be able to execute over and over again, I feel like that's eventually on coaching. But um, I again, I thought he was. A fine offensive coordinator again. I thought he overcomplicated things, but I, I was kind of in the middle. Like, yeah, they need to execute better. Maybe Dorsey, you know, needs to connect better with Josh. Or there's something going on there. What are your thoughts on Dorsey uh, in the fire? It was the same way for me. I, I mean, I didn't. I feel as if you could have won with him for sure. I mean, I, I don't think that he was holding the team back in any means. But it's a results based business, man. And if you're not going to go out there and put the results on the field um, to the potential that the bills have then someone has to um take i don't say take the fall for that but someone needs to take the blame for that and the offensive coordinator usually is the person for that and um, i was always told one thing uh in college and it stuck with me man i didn't play offense but we were in the meetings on sundays whatever before they break up they always said ball security is job security yours and mine this is the coach saying this to the players and what they mean by that is as simple as that Y'all don't take care of the ball. Y'all don't execute. Y'all don't do the little things, all the little penalties. That's your playing time and mine. Unfortunately, in the NFL, it don't work like that because they got contracts and guaranteed money. So I can't get rid of your job security. Josh Allen and James Cook and Dawson Kincaid for the mental lapses that they have. I can't take them off the field. But you can take a coach off the field, right? So that was the first thing I thought of. So I don't think he held them back. But, I mean, someone got to um, – something needs to be fixed. And I think the OC is the clearest thing in that chain of command. Yep, that was that was my thought as well. I want to get to this offensive line, Carl. Um, Computer Cowboy at Ben uh, Ben Ben B Baldwin on Twitter. Great follow. He uses a lot of analytics and combines them to get kind of composite rankings or charts or just follow him if you don't. Uh, he and, it, and it's understandable. Even if you don't really like understand, it still puts it in like a cohesive manner. Like for me, when I first started, I didn't really get it, but eventually, once you start, you know, it's very easy to understand. Pass protection ratings composite. Um, he combines PFF, SIS, ESPN. So like the, those are all their advanced metrics. He combines those uh, together. The Bills are the best offensive line. And, you know, I said after week four when he, they were first, I'm like, well, you know, it's been four weeks. Like, let's let's give it some time here. Let's see. Like, I want to see a greater substance because, you know, you got a, new, a lot of new pieces. But now after, you know, week 11, the, going into week 12, the Bills are the best pass blocking um, unit in the NFL, according to Computer Cowboy, and there, you know, multiple, multiple advanced analytics. Carl, like one, I want to talk about Spencer Brown. We'll get to him in a little bit, but like, just talk about. Obviously, staying healthy is a huge part of this, but I, I feel as if Josh, despite the turnovers, has felt more comfortable as the years the years went on. It just has looked that way. Um, when I watched a bit of film, it's looked that way. Just tell me, you know, your thoughts on the offensive line, the addition of Connor McGovern, your thought, you know, Torrance Morris. I know Morris is having a little bit of a shaky year, but again, still playing good football. And then obviously Deion Dawkins, I think, arguably is playing the best football of his career. Stability. I mean, you alluded to it with the with the staying in, uh, injury free 
up front. I mean, that stability has helped out Josh Allen so much, you know, for a player like him who is always going to ride the roller coaster a little bit. That's just who he is as a player for the better <laughs> or worse. Um, it always helps that at least the players around him are stable and up front. That's what they've been this year. Have they had their mental lapses and and at times been whooped? Yeah, of course. I forget what a game it was early on, but I'm like, man, they can't get out of their own way, man. It's not a, it's, it's not looking pretty, right? But then I thought early on that Commanders game against a front that's really talented, um, and they took they took it right to him with Chase Young, Deron Payne, um, Montez Sweat. I'm missing the big tackle as well in there, but they got some dudes. Jonathan Allen. They got some dudes, and they took it to him. They really took it to him, and I thought that game right there kind of solidified that this team or that unit, especially. If they're playing up to their potential, they can be really darn good and be something that the Bills can lean on as opposed to try to hide in other ways. Um, and then also the versatility of the unit. They've always shown to be athletic in space, Spencer Brown, Deion Dawkins. But with Spencer Brown being healthy and Deion Dawkins taking his game to another level, it's, they've been uh, been able to do some different things, especially in the run game like we saw last week against the Jets. It's funny, Carl, because like we're sitting here talking about a firing, and then now we're talking about the best offensive line in football. It's like, you know, how is this team six and five? They have a one hundred plus point differential. Um, it, it's just crazy. It's like, I feel like if you did this over, Carl, I feel like if you did this season over again, like a ten thousand thousand times, this would like they would not be six and five ever again. Like that's genuinely like how I feel. I don't know if you feel that way, but that's legit how I feel. It's the NFL, man. That's really <laughs> how this works. I mean, it's yeah, not like right. college where like the the talent gap is vast, and you know. Uh, much team like I went to Syracuse we went close to Clemson right so like we played them 10 times we beat them once you know I, I mean the Cardinals or whoever the worst the Panthers you're right like they're far the gap between them and the, the Eagles for example isn't as vast as it is in college or something like that and also in the NFL the games are just closer like how many blowouts are you generally seeing on a week-to-week basis you know so a couple bounces don't go your way and you can end up with a record like the Bills 100% great. Well said. Very well said. I want to get to one more thing on the offensive side of the ball, then talk a little bit about the defense, just their opportunistic uh, approach this week. I thought they played inspired. And then we can get to um, just a couple of surprise players throughout, you know, the last couple of weeks that have kind of popped out to me and and maybe you as well. And then we'll get to Bill's Eagles. Thanks for all that, you know, are listening on audio. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Share, like it. Um, and we're going to continue our conversation here. Jets, Bills, um, I want to get to the playmakers for the Bills in this one. Um, you know, again, Joe Brady a- asked on Monday, I think, after the game was asked by I forget who, but he was asked a question about Gabe Davis and how he hasn't really done much. And, you know, Joe Brady's like, he was a player of the game in my eyes on the offensive side of the ball. Now, I was, I am a Gabe Davis defender. I would say that I think he's, I think he's limited in some ways. Like, yeah, he's probably not going to get, you know, you eight to 10 catches a week and be that, you know, very reliable target. He makes big plays, has great sideline awareness, um, you know, big body can contest, you know, jump for contested balls, all, all that stuff. What are your thoughts on this kind of, it kind of feels like a shift, Carl, like Shakir kind of started to get involved, clear Shakir. And then now it's, I think he's taking the next step. And like during training camp, I said this over and over again, he would get open, man. Like he was, he was getting open in training camp, but he just could not like catch the ball consistently. And I think that was something where then you saw him as, you know, the PFF at one point, he was the best. I don't know if that's still true, but at one point this year was the best run blocker on PFF that I think kind of showed the bills as offensive coaching staff. Like this dude is willing to, again, coming off a rookie year where he struggled in blocking takes that part of his game to the next level. 
that's how he kind of finds this role in this offense. And now he's producing at like, now I'm kind of like, maybe Shakir and Delton Kincaid should be getting more targets than Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis will still get his moments. He'll still have his big plays like he usually does. And he'll be a great run blocker and they'll put him on the field 90% of the snaps. But just give me your thoughts on kind of that. I would say not a, not a change in like, you know, where these guys rank in terms of Allen's targets, but just Shakir, Dalton Kincaid, and Gabe Davis. Yeah, I think Shakir has been a pleasant surprise for everyone. I mean, you don't put it like this. The Bills don't grab Deontay Hardy and make an emphasis on Trent Sharfield if they didn't, if they thought that Cleo Shakir would make this jump. And I think that's says enough right there, right? Because I mean, just the, you, you want to talk about a team that's up against the cap. You want to save as much as you can where you're not going to spend it on Deontay Hardy, who doesn't play nearly as many snaps as he as you imagine at this point, right? But talking about Shakir and Kincaid, man, those dudes have gotten better probably since like week four, I would say. That's when the shift has gone. Obviously, Kincaid is when Knox went down. But Kincaid, for me, is – you can tell on his collegiate film that he was always going to be a floor of a, just a solid player. Like, that was a floor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because yeah. his skill set screamed at worst – average football like average nfl player at worst what was going to be the defining skill set skill set traits are going to be the man-to-man stuff because i mean that's what separates the elite tight ends from everyone else so let's be i mean because there's only about five elite tight ends if we're going to be real in the nfl yep but all of those dudes can get open no matter who you put in front of them and i think that's what kincaid has shown at times obviously he's still a rookie he's not going to be a mark andrews or travis kelsey as a rookie but I'm really encouraged from what I've seen with him. He has a really good feel for zone. He sits down when he's supposed to. I think that's the stuff that like young people don't aren't supposed to do, you know, and he's really good at that. And then Shakir does the little things, man. I think he's not a good run blocker at all. I think that's putting it nice last year. And then in yeah, camp, he, yeah, he, 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 yeah, he, was he wasn't good. He wasn't ah. good at all. Uh, and then Shakir wasn't great in camp either. I mean, kind of going by the wayside. I mean, some people even were thinking, oh, my gosh, he's going to make the 53. Like, that's how bad it was at one point, right? <laughs> So, I mean, Andy Isabella was in talks. Let's not forget where we were four months ago, right, where Andy Isabella was a, a thought to make this team. So uh, it's a good thing for the Bills that those two um, have ascended. I, I know that when some people ascend, some people have to descend. And by default, that's been Dawson Knox by virtue of injury and then Gabe Davis. But, I mean, there's still a role for him like you like you alluded to. And he'll have his opportunities to shine. And quite frankly, the, the team will need to call on him because, I mean, this isn't like uh, this is a marathon. This isn't a one game thing. And the NFL has shown that time and time again. Well said. G- Gabe, for me, like I look at it this way, Carl, and I, this is kind of how I've because I've, I've gone kind of like a roller coaster ride with him. Like, again, I, I like the player. I thought they were going to extend him. If they were go- going to extend him, I thought it was going to be the summer um, before the season. That's usually how Brandon Bean works. They don't. Now I'm kind of like, okay, they got this fourth round pick. <clears throat> who's made big plays in big moments um, throughout his career, not consistent. You know, you have him on the field a lot of the time. You're not paying him a lot of money. You're, you're probably not going to extend the guy. Um, why not? You know, and again, last week he was in a lot of situations where he was clearing out routes for other guys, running a lot of hitch routes. He was, he, he that's what he does um, sometimes you know, hit the scheme doesn't really favor his production that, you know, that many times that that's another thing. Like, let's not, let's not like construed that Gabe is a good football player that, will be in this league for a long time. Right now he's in an offense that doesn't, I would say, utilize him to his best ability. And he does what he's asked, which again, it makes the offense this good. And he's a big part of that. But just like, are you, are you confident like going into a big game, Carl, like with Gabe Davis as like a second option? Or do you think like it's Kincaid and Shakir time? 
in terms of second option, I would trust Kincaid before I would trust Gabe at this point, yeah. just for the um, the volatility of Gabe, because I do think he's a fine player, and I do think he has a role in this league for a long time because he does block and he does do the little things well. Um, but Kincaid, I think, has provided something, a stability that Josh Allen needs. Like I said, I think Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks to ever touch a pigskin, but even he has his flaws in terms of his volatility. He'll just be like, yo, Josh, what are you doing here? It helps you out. It helps out a lot when you have players who are always in the right place at the right time. And I think Kincaid tends to to lean on that side. Gabe at times is a little bit inconsistent, right? So I think if I were to lean in terms of a pecking order, I would lean more. Obviously, uh, head honcho digs Kincaid, and then Shakir and Gabe in that same third fiddle role. Maybe James Cook too is Joe Brady, Carl. Maybe maybe right. put him in there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, honestly, with Joe Brady, with how much he loves his running backs, right. uh, yeah, exactly. I would I would say that as well. And that'd be a good thing because that's again, like when you when they draft a guy and they tell you, you know, pass catcher. He he wasn't an every down back. He was a pass catcher, right? And like they haven't really utilized that. Like it, it felt like Dorsey at times would utilize it and then just disappear. Like oh, James Cook, you know, you have the, like you start the season with this amount of catches and yards and you're like, Oh, he's projecting this. And then it just kind of disappears. Um, So shout out to James cook too. I want to get to the running back room real quick. James cook third or fourth leading rusher in the NFL. Um, I think he might be fourth now. I think he might've slipped behind um, DeAndre Swift, but James cook, man, like the guy's balling. I, I think they have something with Ty Johnson. I want to see more of him. I'm sorry, Leonard for Like, I know you have a name. I understand that, you know, you're, you've had a really good career, but what Ty Johnson can bring in the pass catching game, I think, and just seeing him hit the boundary like that, that straight line speed to, to beat all those Jets defenders and get to the end zone. Just give me your thoughts. Like, do you, do you want to see more of a sample size from Ty Johnson moving forward? And, and is James Cook, like, you know, I know Singletary and Zach Moss are actually having really good years. Um, but, you know, just I think James Cook fits, fits this offense better. So just give me your thoughts on James Cook and Ty Johnson in the Jets game and moving forward. Well, James Cook has took a leap as well. I think – the, the one knock I had on him coming into this year, since he is a lighter back, what does your contact balance look like? And last year it wasn't great. I thought that he was a guy who, if you put a hand on him, he's falling. Um, in Georgia, he really didn't have any opportunities to showcase that game because they had a hammer. He didn't need to do that. So he was on the perimeter a lot. I know he was in the big, bad SEC, right? But they didn't really ask him to run between the tackles too often and go run a guy over or just run through tackles. Last year, I thought he was fine. Even through parts of this year, probably through the first three or four weeks, I thought he was solid in that department. Mm -hmm. um, but over the past month, even though they were slumping, I thought that he ran really hard and he's running through those arm tackles. And I think that's what separates us, um, the running backs in this world, right? Obviously, he's not an elite back. I, I, like, I know an elite back when I see one. He's not yeah. that. But what he is, though, he's, he's becoming consistent. And that's what you need as an offensive player. And he's running through tackles. He's been becoming a more efficient guy out of the backfield. Um, and I think that's the stuff that you're looking for in terms of RB1. In terms of Ty Johnson, um, my sports director, Thad Brown, over at News A, he said this as soon as they signed Leonard Fournette. The one, the biggest difference between Ty Johnson and Fournette, Fournette doesn't play special teams. And I don't know if I want a third running back who doesn't right. run down on kickoff. Like, we can't, do you want to, I want to say waste a roster spot, but do you want to use someone on a 53 who won't go down and be an L5 and go knock someone's head off? Like, <laughs> not saying can, like Fournette doesn't want to, but. My man was a high school prodigy, a college prodigy. My man ain't never ran on on no kickoff. <laughs> like, what? He about to start at 28 now? Like, <clears throat> so, like, I think that's the biggest difference with them. Do I want more of a sample size from Ty Johnson? Uh, I don't know about a bigger sample size, but, like, I I will say this. Before, I was kind of confused why he was in the game. Now, if he's in the game, I think I'm like, okay, 
I am confident that he can go out there and execute whatever he's called to do. So I think that's where I lean with Ty Johnson. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. Again, I think I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more. I think Latavius Murray is still like very important in terms of like getting the ball on the ground, running clock, you know, four through five yards every every time he gets the ball. Very efficient guy, very experienced. Um, again, he, he was the guy that led the players only offensive meeting. Um, so that's that for me was like, man, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with Latavius Murray, but like that for me, a Brandon Bean signing for a guy in his first year to do that, um, it, it, it probably means something to that locker room. And I, I, I really respect for uh, him doing that. I want to get to a couple of surprise players. Um, shout out to the defense real quick. Six sacks, four turnovers uh, last game. So just, you know, they're opportunistic style. Razul Douglas, a uh, shout out. Should have been defensive player of the week. Um, you just saw his ability to, you know, be that ball hawk. Um, you know, obviously, Zach Wilson is not the best guy to kind of, you know, talk about that with, but. Uh, Razul, you know, made, made a great read on Garrett Wilson, read the quarterback's eyes, jumped the route. Um, very easy play for him. Something he's, you know, he's, man, he's got 12 interceptions in the last three years. The guy does it. Like, it's not just, you know, it's not like a Jarris Bird. And, you know, Jarris Bird was a great player. But, like, when he came to the league, he was he had, like, nine, ten interceptions. And they kind of dipped. He's been a consistent – Razul Douglas has been a consistent ball hawk. Um, so I just want to get to a couple of surprise players now. My first one um, we can talk about, Terrell Dodson. Obviously, everyone's talking about it, the highest graded PFF linebacker in the league. Um, I look at it this way, Carl, and you can add to it and your thoughts on him. When I saw him in camp, there were a couple of times I, you know, I was live tweeting it and, ta- and talking about it. There were a couple of times where like, you know, Dotson, you know, filled that run gap and made the play. Like he 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 does do that at a very good, like elite level. I'm not like making that up. He, I know there's a lot of hate of him uh, on him, but uh, I think he's a really solid run defender. You're seeing that now the last few weeks. Um, and then obviously in pass coverage, like, yeah, if he's one-on-one with a running back, you're probably, he's probably going to lose that. If you, you know, that, that that's kind of where like in space, he's probably not going to be the greatest, but you know what? You can't, you can't replace Matt Milano with Matt Milano. There's, there's going to be a drop off um, somewhere. So just give me your thoughts on Terrell Dodson. Again, I think a surprise guy, able to fill run gaps, able to defend the run at a very good level. Um, just, just your thoughts on T-Dot. I think if you asked the Bills back in August, if you were to get this production out of Tyrell Dutton, they would be satisfied with it. Um, you're right. He's a really good run defender in a game like the Jets kind of highlights that because the Jets aren't going to really throw the ball at all at an efficient rate whatsoever. I think their best passing play was the fake punt, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, you can only ca- uh, ask what you're called to do. I mean, that's one thing I, I am I am so – like, that's my one of my biggest beliefs in terms of uh, sports, like – don't get mad at what I didn't do. I was only asked to do this, right? And he's been asked, especially in this this stretch of teams that really hasn't isn't known for throwing the ball. I mean, they did play Cincinnati, and that got that wasn't good in that regard. But I mean, you talk about Tampa Bay, you talk about Denver, New York, and all these other teams that they play were who lean towards more on being stronger on the run side. He did his one eleventh. Dang, I saw like shot McDermott. Let me shut up. But um, he, he, football, was, <laughs> <laughs> but he he was good in that regard. And I think that is he great? No, is he the future? Probably not. But in terms of asking what he's called to do in those certain situations, there's a reason why Dorian Williams hasn't gotten back onto the field. Yeah, and then I don't want to go back to this Kyrie Elam conversation with Dane Jackson, but like going into the season, it was like. Dorian Williams definitely will have a higher ceiling than Terrell Dodson. He's fast. He's good in coverage. Not good in coverage, but teams have attacked him this year, and he's been kind of picked apart in in ways. That's why he lost his opportunity to play, and Dodson's in there. But I I feel like Dodson's floor is just more steady, 
just like Kyrie, or Dane Jackson's floor was always more sturdy than Kyrie Elam's, but Kyrie Elam had that higher ceiling and that higher opportunity, just like Dorian Williams. I don't think Dorian Williams is there yet, um, so that's why Dotson's getting the nod. But, yeah, 100%. Dotson's doing what he's asked to do. Um, you know, again, really good at run defense. When you get him, you know, trying to cover guys in the middle of the field, that's where I worry. But, again, you're not going to replace you – know, that's why you – you figure it out. You figure you figure out ways to to beat that and put your defense in you know position to win. And Sean McDermott again, you can question him. And there's been a lot of hot you know the, the let's light the he, he's on the hot seat. Let's light it. Um, I don't know. Like I understand. I think that maybe there does need to be a change made at some time. But this year's not the year, and he'll still get probably all next year too. I, I don't know if there's a, unless they really like Carl. Unless they go like six and eleven. Like unless they lose out. Like what. Are, are you like where are you at with Sean McDermott? Sorry to like randomly bring this up, but it's on my it's on my you know head. I want to I want you, I want to know your thoughts on McDermott. Yeah, so I'm gonna preface this by saying I'm not from Western New York, not from Buffalo, I'm from Cleveland. Shout out to uh, the two one six. So like my affinity and like my like ties to like the Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean era that began, I believe, in 2017. Yep. isn't as strong as everyone else here, right? Yeah, like a lot of people from here are like, oh, like. Wait, but we've been like through the gutter, we've been through the trash, like with all that good type of stuff. For me, I only can observe what I've seen. And what I've seen since I've been here is a stable organization in the three years that I've been here. Um, so like you said, unless they bottom out and things really go south, I think stability is important in sports. I think that's a, a lost thing that people because I mean, we're in this hot take, you know, microwave society when people want instant yep. success, and it's like I get that, I do too. You know, I like ramen noodles. Because it was so quick. <laughs> However, ramen noodles got a lot of salt in it. It might not be good for you, right? So I want that stability. I want that over time. That's why I like my mac and cheese cooked, you know, three, four hours, you know, so you spend some good time on it. Yep. Same thing with my coaching staff and more organizations. Um, it will obviously be bad if he went 6-11, and 11, and we need some questions to be asked at that point. But, I mean, I like my leaders. I like my organizations to be stable, and that's what the Bills have been, at least since I've been here. 100%. All right, we got about 10 minutes here left. Thank you for all that are listening. I know there, you know, you guys are busy today with Thanksgiving, but I appreciate everyone who tunes in and you know into the weekend. Let's get to this Bills Eagles matchup, Carl. Um, you know, I put my hot take out there. I think the Bills offense puts 30 plus up again. And that that might sound crazy, but I, I do I have picked against the Bills three or four times this year. Um, I have the Bills winning this game. I just have, I don't know, a feeling looking at the matchup. Um, I, I kind of – I'm concerned about the injuries on the defense side of the ball with Dane Jackson and Tron Johnson. That would probably make it hard for me because they're in concussion protocol. They did not practice on Wednesday. So that's something to keep an eye on. Micah High was limited as well as Cam Lewis. So first off, this this Eagles team, uh, you know, I don't know how much you've watched the Eagles this year, but just give me your thoughts on – this Eagles attack in terms of, I know, no Dallas Goddard, they'll probably be an 11 personnel more. You have, again, I think DeAndre Swift is, in my opinion, the biggest test for this Bills defense. I get it. A.J. Brown and, you know, Devontae Smith are special. They're going to have their problems. But DeAndre Swift is just different in my eyes. I think he his, his ability to break free from arm tackles, his ability to just hit that, his speed from one point to the other on the field is unbelievable. So just give me your thoughts on this Eagles offense. Um against his Bills defense. Yeah, the 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 Eagles offense, I'm not going to say it's drastically different from last year, but it's noticeably different. And I think one of the biggest things is that they don't use Jalen Hurts as much in the run game or the quarterback run game, excuse me. And what I mean by that is a lot of the RPO stuff is taking Jalen Hurts' legs out of it. It's either a handoff or a quick bubble, quick slant, things of that regard. Last year, it was, hey, hey Jalen, you want to take off? By all means, go do it. Um, now, 
there's you listen to uh, Philly beat writers. There's a couple of reasons for that. He's obviously dealing with a knee injury that he refuses to speak about. And then also um, maybe they just want to limit his wear and tear throughout the season, like kind of like what the Bills have tried to do this year with Josh Allen. So I think the the Eagles passing attack isn't as stout as it was last year. They're just they're kind of just like we're taking shots down the field. And that's really that. Um, and then defensively, they're not the same at all. Um, their passing defense, I believe, is fairly weak outside of uh, Darius Slade. That's what happens when you lose a C.J. Gardner-Johnson. That's what happens when you lose Avante Maddox to injury early on. So they're not as stout as they were last year in the back half either. James Bradbury is in the same player. And they're not historic up front like they were last year in terms of the sack totals. I know last year they were like up there like second all-time or something weird like that. Still a great team, probably the best in football at this point. But – I think there are things that the Bills can exploit. And, like, for example, we talk about this Eagles secondary. I do think this is a game where Josh Allen, if they execute, can put up 275, 300 yards throughout there. Yeah, just look at the Jalen Hurts stats here, Carl. You know, he's he's obviously 8-1 and one, or 9-1, and one, sorry, excuse me, with, you know, probably the best team in football, probably, you know, very he's a very popular quarterback. But, like, if you actually look at his numbers um, in terms of, you know, this box score stuff – 2,500 yards, just short of that. 15 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Uh, he's already – I mean, he had six interceptions all in 2022. He's at, he's at nine so far in 2023. Um, I think the Bills' defense, Razul Douglas again, uh, you, you're probably going to have Poyer and Hyde, so that's good. The second corner in your nickel, I don't know what they do. Like, I don't if, – if Cam Lewis and Teron Johnson can't go, like, what – I don't know, Saran Neal, like, that's probably what you're going to have to do. Uh, I don't know what else – Maybe you go a four three. Maybe you put three linebackers out there. But again, I I, I think that's that's tough against the Eagles team with all this talent um, on the outside and stuff. So, um, but yeah, I think Jalen Hurts has turned the ball over this year, um, and I think the Bills defense can't take advantage of that. And I'm not saying that Josh Allen hasn't, and the Eagles won't. Um, but but this Bills defense, like, what, what's your approach, like, Carl? Do you do you send a lot of pressure against Jalen, or do you kind of sit back and make him make reads? Or again, maybe use some keeper blitzes, switch it up a little bit, and uh, go from there. Like, what, what's your, what would you attack this uh, Philly offense with? Yeah, I think it depends on who plays. I mean, if if, if uh, Dane and Taryn play, I wouldn't be surprised if they utilize something with the Chiefs did. I mean, I, I get it; the Chiefs personnel is better because they're healthier on the defensive side of the ball. But the Chiefs heated up Jalen Hurts. I mean, they said, "Look, McDuffie, you're blitzing damn near every other play." <laughs> yeah. um, Willie, uh, Willie Gay, you want to live in the backfield? Go be my guest. Drew Tranquil, hey, you want to go blitz? Your turn, my turn. Like, that's how they really heated up Jalen Hurts. And outside of the deep ball to Devonta Smith in the fourth quarter, the Eagles really struggled to move the ball through the air. Now they did get burnt on some screen passes and some outside runs because they were because they were blitzing so much. But I mean, against the Eagles team with all those weapons, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. So if the guys are healthy. I send the kitchen sink and go make Jalen Hurts be a quarterback, make him think, you know, uh, or, or at least let, let him make him feel that pressure, right? Um, if that's not the case and the guys aren't healthy, then hey, the unit that is healthy is up front. So I need you guys to go win. You know, you earn the right to rush for four. That's what I was always told um, at Syracuse. Like those big boys up front, y'all better go earn y'all keep today. And I know it's good, it's up against a stout Eagles O line that maybe it's not as good as it was last year, but they're still really, really darn good, right? So I, I think in that regard, you do drop seven, drop eight and sometimes and just literally make them dink and dump it down the field and make Jalen Hurts be that surgical quarterback that maybe isn't his A game that you would expect out of uh, him at this point in his career. 
Yeah, for Computer Cowboy, um, back to those past composite rankings, those past production composite rankings, at Ben B. Baldwin on Twitter, or X, whatever you want to call it. I still call it Twitter. Well, you know, you know, Carl, I call it X, but when I, when I say something, I say I tweet it. Like, I'm not going to say, like, I exit. You know, like, yeah, I, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know how to say that. You know what I mean? I'm right with you on that one. Um, the Eagles are the 11th best pass blocking offensive line. So I think, Carl, I think they're a better run blocking team. Um, I think they're going to be able to take advantage of – the the bills you know they're without the quan jones you're not <laughs> as good of a football team regardless of what you want to say at oliver again having a career year i think tim settle is actually i think he's found some confidence like i think you're seeing it i think he's getting to the backfield a little bit more jordan phillips i mean he is what he is i, I don't really think he, he he's fine uh, i don't really have that's much. a good way to describe it just fine just fine yeah yep. Um, so I think this bill, this cheat, the, the, sorry, this Eagles offense with DeAndre Swift, Gainwell, um, you know, they, they mix it up. They'll, they'll be able to run the ball. I think they'll run a shotgun a lot. That's what they like to do. But what can this Bills offense do, Carl? Um, I know you talked about this, you know, passing attack and the Eagles again struggling there this year. I thought Patrick Mahomes had some trouble. Now I'll say this: I think that's more because of. <laughs> his weapons uh, that, that, you know that's kind of where I'm at with that I think Patrick Mahomes is just I'm sorry but this Chiefs team and it's this AFC is wide open this year Carl and that's why like if the Bills don't make the playoffs it's like what a lost opportunity because it just feels like now with Burrow out a team that basically is your kryptonite you've proven to beat the Chiefs the the Ravens again Lamar has yet to prove it in the playoffs just lost Mark Andrews for the year um, hopefully he can return some point, but again, he's out for the season. These injuries in the AFC, the Jaguars are beatable. You play one of your worst games of the year and lost two of your best defensive players in that game. We're still able to, you know, have a chance at it. So just what can this bills offense do to get to seven and five going into the bye, a key stretch with a, you know, a gauntlet of a schedule with the Cowboys and or the chiefs and Cowboys after the bye. Yeah. Two things. One, um, there were a lot of drops, but there were some guys who were going to have some big gains in that, uh, Chiefs uh, loss against the Eagles. So this Eagles secondary can be attacked. I think yep. um, Slay is probably going to travel with Diggs, uh, and Slay is a very, very elite corner, so it's going to be a good mano-a-mano matchup in that regard. But I would expect Dawson and Cade to um, to have a big game. Now, it depends on how the Eagles play it, and not to get into the new nitty-gritty, but in the first half of that game, Kevin Byer, the really, really good safety that the Eagles acquired from the, tr- uh, the Titans at the trade deadline, fine player, matchup type of type of chess piece came down on Travis Kelsey first half single covered second half they kind of doubled him a little bit more often triple team in some plays right um I doubt that they double team Dalton K they're gonna probably make that kid prove it so this is where I think his his um opportunities come to shine because the Eagles are banged up at backer um Nicobe Dean isn't uh, isn't playing I told you about Avante Maddox not being healthy at this point either so I, I think the Khalil Shakir and the Dawson Kincaid's of the world, even a Gabe Davis, this is a game where they're going to have to execute because the Eagles, if they are good, good at one thing this year, they can stop the run. I know the Chiefs have their number, and the Chiefs' O-line is great, so that's one reason for that. Pacheco, but, man, every time he runs the ball, he like, wants to run through it. Like, he just wants to run through a wall like, every time. I, I, don't, I don't know who like killed his dog as a kid. I don't know <laughs> who did what, but that dude runs angry. Like He's running like he's, he's stomping on beats. Like, it's, just, it's, it's nasty. <laughs> So I think those are two areas. I, I think that Dawson and Kay, Khalil Shakir, obviously Stephon Diggs, I don't care who's guarding him, you're going to want to give him the ball. But I really, really think that for all you gamblers out there, if y'all want to take some overs, I, I think they can really pass the ball on this on this Eagles secondary for sure. 
Yeah. So let's get to the prediction, Carl. I don't know if you have one, but I'm going to put you on the spot here because, you know, that's I, I always try and surprise my guests with something. So I guess I'll I start with the Thanksgiving one with the prediction. Uh, you can start with your prediction, just your thoughts. Um, go for it. Yeah. So for the first time in probably like forever, I'm actually thinking the game's going to be a shootout with the Bills. I know. Crazy, yeah. right? Bills scoring a lot of points for me. Um, I think this is going to be a game higher. I, I would say like a 28-24 type of deal. And I, I think the Eagles probably pull it out for the simple fact that I think that um, on the offensive side of the ball, I think they're just a little bit more – they can hang their hat at this, mo at this moment on more things that the Bills can. And I don't think that this is because I'm not impressed with what I saw on Sunday because I am. I just need to see more of it to make sure that it's not a blimp. Because when, we all know that when the Bills are cooking at their absolute best – there's not a team in the league that can rock with them on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, it is what it is. You lost your guys. You just got to just put duct tape on it and just figure out a way. So I, I think this Bills team falls short, but it won't be like a, oh, man, they look bad doing it. I think like, hey, the offense still looks good. We're going into the bye week, get some guys healthier, and let's rock and roll. I know 6-6 six and six isn't pretty, but it might only take nine wins to get into the dance anyways. I'm going to go with a Bills. I'm going to go 34-30. I stuck with it. Um, I think, again, you're right, Carl. I think it's going to be a shootout. Like, in this Bills team, as much as, like, they've built around this defense and they spent equity on defensive players, this team is built to win shootouts. Like, that, that is their goal. Like, that's why this team – like, that's why they want Brian Dib. That's why they pass so much on first down. That's why they, they pass the ball, like, an insane amount is because they want to win shootouts. That's what this team was made for. And hope your defense can make enough opportunistic plays – to turn the ball over. Jalen Hurts has been doing that at a high rate this year, higher, you know, the, the highest of his career. I think the Bills forced a couple of turnovers. Razul Douglas um, continues to be an opportunistic playmaker. Uh, Terrell Bernard, I think he's has the case to be an all-pro this year. Um, we haven't talked about him, but he's like one of those guys that just shocked me. I wasn't that high on him. Um, so, I, and I, I also say this. Like, if you look at their schedule, Carl, they have – they beat the Cowboys by five, Chiefs by four. Now, then they play the Bills this week. Then they go Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks. Like, that is a gauntlet. You're not going to win all of those games. They're on a short week, an emotional high. The Bills have their backs against the wall. Uh, a team that, again, in 2021, when their backs were against the wall, they flipped the switch against Tampa in the second half, went on to win four straight. I haven't seen, you know, a sample size of them not being able to get it done when it matters, obviously in the playoffs, but I'm talking about regular season. They've, they've, they've been able to prove themselves over and over again. I think the Bills get this done. Uh, and Josh Allen, again, I'm not saying he's going to be MVP because he'd have to probably win out and, you know, do some crazy things, but he's going to put up MVP numbers this year. And that's, I think that continues on Sunday. So you, Carl, you make a good point though, real quick. You do make a good point about the Eagles schedule because I'm, I'm not saying they're going to ever overlook the bills, but don't get it twisted. Bills mafia that Eagles, uh Niners matchup next week is personal after what happened last year that game is personal for what happened in the NFC championship game yeah I'm obviously Jalen Hurts ain't looking to Nick Bosa right now but they circled that game back in August yeah and like Carl even if like you look at their overall schedule like real quick they beat the Patriots to start the year by five beat the Vikings by six beat the Bucks by two scores beat the Commanders by three uh loss of the Jets obviously was just a bad Jalen Hurts game. The Jets defense does Jets defense things against good quarterbacks, except Josh Allen last week, which again seems like an anomaly at this point. And then the the, the Dolphins they handled again. I think the Dolphins are we don't have to talk about it, but I I always was more scared of the Jets, Carl, with Aaron Rodgers because of that defense and the, their matchup. I never was that, as scared of the Dolphins from a Bills perspective. Um, and again, I think if Rodgers is healthy right now, we're having a very different conversation, and the Bills are probably not looking too good. 
Uh, commanders by, and then they, you know, they beat the commanders by seven, Cowboys by five, Chiefs by four. So, like, I think there's a stat in like nine of their almost all of their games, they're, they're, they're one score, like in the fourth quarter. So, like, the Bills are going to have an opportunity. It's just a matter of if they go over the hump. So, Carl, plug what you're doing, what's coming up for you, and uh, where, where everyone can find you. Yeah, man. Once again, I appreciate everything that you're doing before I talk about myself, man. I, I think this space has so much opportunity for all of us to eat and shine. And I think that's what you're doing right now, my man. So I just want to give you more love, man. And thank you for allowing me to be on your platform. For myself, like he, uh, AJ alluded to early on in this, Jones11 underscore is my uh, ex Twitter profile, all <laughs> that type stuff. I'm so getting used to it myself. Um, and for me, I play defensive back at Syracuse. So all of my analysis, everything that I kind of break down and look at is from that point of view. Um, so every single week I break down the all 22, um, film on Tuesday over at news with my sports director, Thad Brown. We just go through that type of stuff. Um, but if you just want to see like, Hey, was that really Dane Jackson's fault on that coverage? Nah, I got you. It really wasn't. It was Joe employers or Micah Hyde's type of vibe. So just because it's the closest person to the, to the receiver doesn't mean it was their fault. And that's the type of stuff that I, I got you to make you feel more calm and at ease over there on X, I guess you can say at this point. So that's my stuff. And, um, yeah, man, that's me. And. I'm just once again grateful that you allowed me to to take time out of your day on Thanksgiving to uh, to be on your platform. Yeah, I remember when I was back a couple of years ago, maybe last year. I think it was actually last year when you came on Matt and Ryan's show. I reached out to you. I'm like, dude, you had the perfect voice for this. You know what? You, you play the game. So like, I was kind of like, you know, I'm gonna I'm, I'll have this guy on my show one day. And, you know, <laughs> now here we are on Thanksgiving, uh, talking about talking football, which I love to know. I know you love to play it. You love to talk about it. You do it for a living now. So. Again, thanks for coming on. Um, if you're listening on audio, I greatly appreciate it. Um, all the Buffalo Rumblings listeners, um, greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, this will come out again. This will be out at 2, so if you're listening, it's probably afternoon, evening, or on Friday or Saturday. So, again, I appreciate all the listens. We talked about Bill's Jets, some surprise players, previewed Bill's Eagles, and then a little bit of, like, you know, coaching talk. McDermott, we talked a little bit about. We talked about Dorsey and Joe Brady a little bit as well. So, Carl, one more quick question before you go because I'm curious. As a DB at Syracuse, who is the best player you uh, you defended? Ooh, ooh wee. Okay, um, best player I ever defended. Okay, two players. One uh, receiver. We're gonna go with Mike Williams. That was the biggest human being I've ever seen a <laughs> receiver. Quick story about that: We were in warmups and he walked right past me. I told my fellow DB, I'm like, "Yo, like, damn, that's a really athletic D lineman." He goes, "A dumb. That's a uh, that's Mike Williams." I'm like, "Oh." Mike Williams is obviously the receiver who plays for the Chargers right now. Uh, T. Higgins, is, yeah, he can't stay healthy. Mike, he's so good, Carl. Like he can't, he can't stay healthy. Really, really darn good player. So him, T. Higgins, obviously was on those teams a few years later. But I would say Mike Williams was just so physically imposing. But then best player by far, um, Lamar Jackson. Like I always tell people, however you th- athletic you think he is, he's more athletic than that. I've never been on a. He's the best athlete in football. Period. Like, I'm not even exaggerating that. He's lost a little bit of athleticism because he's gotten bigger because he's wanted to put on some more weight, obviously, to be, the um to withstand the season. But don't get it twisted, y'all. Like, he is him. All the good type of words that you want to use in terms of what the kid's using these days, by far the best athlete I've ever been on the field with. Yeah, Lamar's fun to watch. I'm happy they finally surrounded him with, you know, <laughs> some talent on the outside. You know, Bateman, again, that's unfortunate. He's dealt with injuries his first couple of years, but he's, he's a fine player, OBJ. And then, obviously, who I want the who I wanted the Bills to get, but, you know, I couldn't get him, Zay Flowers. So, um, Carl, again, thank you for coming on. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you who are listening. I hope you have a, you know, a great, safe holiday, safe traveling. Um, if you're home with your family, enjoy it, spend it. 
um, with your family and have a good time. So, and watch your football as well. There's some good football today. So Carl, thanks again. And I will see all of you for next week. I think I'm having Matt Beauvais from WKBW on my show. Um, we'll be, we'll be recording it some, at some point throughout the week and talking about Bill's Eagles and, you know, looking forward to this bye week. So Carl, again, thanks for coming on. More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.